Hello and welcome to the Kitchen Conversations podcast. My name is Patricia Rozvora and I'm the host of this platform where we speak about contemporary art from so-called Eastern Europe. In each episode, you're going to be introduced to one artist or researcher whose visual or activist practice sheds light onto the complex former socialist region with all its histories, cultures, languages, foods, but also traumas and their inevitable contemporary consequences. The podcast is a fully independent platform existing since May 2020. If you enjoy the monthly conversations, you can support me via Patreon or share the episode with your friends or via social channels. Welcome back, dear listeners. Good news. This year is soon over. And once again, we can start fresh with New Year's resolutions, ideas and projects. In the meantime, uh, while awaiting the new year, I have one last episode for you. It has already become a small tradition that in December I'm releasing an episode made in collaboration with Contemporary Links and the Polish Cultural Institute London. These episodes are designed to bring iconic Polish artists and art movements into the international discourse. So if you're interested to check out some older episodes back in 2021, I spoke to curator Julia Griffin about Moda Polska art movement and the exhibition she has curated in William Morris Gallery in London. And last year in 2022, uh, in December, I had the very pleasure to speak to curator Mary Jane Jacob about an exhibition uh, of Magdalena Abakanowicz, a great uh, Polish fiber artist at the Tate Modern in London. So this year's uh, podcast episode won't be devoted to a particular exhibition, but rather to an artist. Uh, together with art historian, critic, theorist, uh, but also painter Agnieszka Tess, we'll take a closer look at the significant work of Polish painter Jerzy Nowosielski. Uh, 2023 has been announced uh, by the Polish Parliament as the year of Jerzy Nowosielski, marking what would have been the 100th anniversary of the artist's birth. To mark the occasion, many shows and exhibitions uh, have been organized across Poland to showcase his work and celebrate his legacy. Among them is the show curated by my today's guest, Agnieszka Tess, at the Imo Gallery in Stare Sądz, that is southeast from Kraków. And on the final note, before we jump into the interview with Agnieszka, uh, on the occasion of the approaching Christmas holidays and the more spiritual part of the year for some, uh, we will for the first time, I think, in this podcast series speak about art in connection to the metaphysical world. Enjoy! Welcome Agnieszka to Kitchen Conversations. Welcome, Patricia, and good morning or good evening to everyone. I'm very uh, grateful for inviting me for this conversation. And, <laughs> and we continue. And I'm waiting. Yes. Exactly, waiting for the questions. Uh, please uh, briefly introduce yourself and tell us uh, why uh, do you think you're the right uh, person to tell uh, us more <laughs> about Jan Nowosielski. Um, first of all, it's a great pleasure and honor for me to speak about Nowosielski's art to 
uh, English-speaking audience. Uh, he is relatively uh, unknown uh, abroad. Uh, so it's uh, very important uh, to introduce uh, its um, outstanding figure. I'm an art historian, uh, art critic, uh, uh, also curator and uh, painter uh, associated in the Polish uh, Association of uh, Painters and uh, Designers. Currently, I'm also artistic uh, director of the Ebon Gallery in Starysonge where um, I organized this year um, exhibition devoted to influences of Nowosielski's art. The, uh, its title was The Icon of um, Abstraction Around Jerzy Nowosielski. And I also uh, cooperate with other contemporary art uh, galleries uh, like uh, Morski Gallery and Collection uh, in Poznań or Artemis Gallery in uh, Krakow. Uh, what can be interesting also, uh, I have permanent contact with uh, many now living uh, Polish uh, artists. Uh, so I'm in, <laughs> in permanent contact with this uh, uh, artistic scene uh, in Poland. And, and that is why I feel that I'm quite well understand in current uh, trends. Uh, <laughs> My main focus, uh, however, is um, uh, spirituality in uh, abstract painting, but I'm also uh, open to trends of uh, 20th and uh, contemporary art. For the very beginning, for someone who today hears the first time the name Nowosielski, can you, in three simple sentences, tell us about, introduce the artist? Uh, Nowosielski is one of the most underestimated uh, Polish artists of 20th century abroad, and he's almost completely unknown, uh, even though uh, there were make, uh, we were making some endeavor to introduce uh, his figure uh, on the broader artistic scene. And uh, it was for the first time in the uh, 50s when he was Polish representative uh, at the Biennale in Venetia. But first, uh, it was first point. The second point is that he is one of the most profoundly and deep uh, uh, thinker in the artistic scene and it would be very difficult for me to find uh, another person uh, of such knowledge, especially in the field of theology, uh, philosophy. So for me, personally, uh, it's a kind of um, exception. His idea, uh, it's, it wasn't like an artistic pro program, artistic statement. It was something uh, deeper, uh, broader. And the third point is, uh, it is very, um, he developed a very integral direction in his own art. It was very coherent and he, he managed to combine both secular themes and sacral themes. Uh, themes and he was one of the most outstanding artists who uh, renewed sacral uh, art uh, in monumental form. Nowosielski was born in 1923 and this year uh, he would have uh, been 100 years old and that's why for the 100th anniversary 
of his birthday, uh, the Polish parliament decided uh, to give him this year and uh, devote the year to his art. He passed away in 2011. Uh, did you actually have a chance to, to meet the artist in person? Uh, no, but I know some person, uh, actually his disciples, who and uh, some other person, uh, for example, Christina Czerny, uh, one of the best researchers uh, and uh, a scholar who devoted her um, critical uh, work to uh, Nowosielski. So I met these people and frequently we had conversation about him as a, an artist, as a professor, as he was also for some decades a professor at the Fine Art Academy in Krakow. So you, you're close with the people who knew him, so that yes, also gives exactly. you like a close insight to that. On this podcast, I speak, uh, as you know, to artists, uh, but also curators from broadly speaking, Eastern Europe. And of course, Nowosielski being Polish fits to that. But not only was he Polish, but his father was actually of Ukrainian, Russian uh, origin. And his mother, as I read, uh, was Polish with German roots. So he already, from his bringing, had um, this double uh, culture, double identity. Can you trace uh, some of uh, this influence of his identity uh, in his arts and how he developed as an artist? Uh, yes, of course, it was a great impact uh, on his art and on his life, on his searching of his own um, religious and national identity. And as far as his family is regarded, uh, precisely, his father was Ukrainian, but um, more, more precisely, uh, he belongs to the um, ethnic group um, uh, living in South um, uh, East area in Poland. Uh, they are called uh, Lemkos. And what is interesting, uh, famous Andy Warhol was also from this ethnic group. Uh, but, and his oh, mother, yeah. and, yes. And uh, he was uh, Greco, uh, Greco Catholic. It's uh, somewhere between Orthodox Church and Catholic Church. And his mother was not Polish-German, but rather Polish-Austrian roots. And uh, she was uh, right. Catholic. Wikipedia has to change that then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Wikipedia isn't very precise on no. this topic. <laughs> it's better to, uh, to read... To ask uh, you. <laughs> no, to read a biography by Krystyna Czerny. And for those of you who are interested, Krystyna Czerny is a Polish critic and art historian holding a PhD in humanities where she worked on a thesis entitled The Concept of Sacred Art by Jerzy Nowosielski. And back in 2011, so the year uh, when Nowosielski passed away, she has published a biography Nietoper Świątyni Biografia Jerzego Nowosielskiego, so to translate, A Bat in the Temple, the biography of Jerzy Nowosielski published uh, by Znak in Kraków. The book is for now uh, published in the Polish language but will be translated to French soon. And returning to uh, Nowosielski, of course, uh, and he was somewhere in, uh, in between, uh, between the, the Eastern and Western or, or orientation. And uh, just from the beginning, from his childhood, when they, uh, he attended uh, a divine liturgy, as they call in uh, Eastern Church, 
He was very influenced, inspired by the atmosphere of choir, of music, uh, of this uh, more sensual uh, liturgy on the um, role of icons, sacred, uh, sacred images. And it very um, infused uh, into him, into his uh, imagination. And then, when he decided to be a monk uh, in the 30s, and he started uh, his novice in Lvov, in Greco-Catholic uh, Greco monastery, he, for the first time, uh, saw uh, with his own eyes, the great collection of uh, Ukrainian and Orthodox icon in Lviv Museum. He, and it was like a real revelation uh, for him. And he remembers that this single event uh, influenced all his artistic life. And he couldn't uh, forget about it. And even if he tried to, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't possible for him. So it was one of the greatest uh, personal and uh, also artistic uh, event uh, experience in his whole life. Often when, when you start learning about the, the work of Nowosielski, uh, you come across the sentence that his work uh, was uh, finding itself somewhere between uh, the Western and the Eastern cultures. Uh, should we understand it uh, like what you just said, that it was between Poland and Ukraine and between uh, these two branches of religion? Or is uh, there some other uh, connection to the... Western beyond Poland. How, how should we understand that his work was connecting East with West? Of course, there are more subtle and non-obvious uh, non uh, connections. He uh, claimed that actually uh, he even could appreciate this Eastern and um, Orthodox art by his uh, experience of uh, avant-garde. When he was a young uh, uh, boy, he received a book on uh, uh, 20th century art. It was given by his family friends. And it was, uh, actually it was a book with, uh, from, uh, from the perspective of today, with a very uh, humble uh, uh, black and white illustration and with a very uh, interesting text. And uh, he was, fascinated by the, by the world of 20th century art, by the avant-garde, by cubism, by uh, abstraction, Dadaism, surrealism, and it was also a very important factor for uh, his later artistic development. So he declared uh, many years later that exactly also through this avant-garde experience and this fascination with different direction in 20th century art, he was able to look at the icon with freshy uh, eye, and it was something uh, not so not so obvious. It was something uh, to discover in a different way. So, uh, from the, the beginning, this uh, two two impacts of uh, different uh, impulses from the West. Uh, and from the East actually merged into one. And later he was able to develop his own style uh, combining these two um, influences. Uh, for example, when he was uh, shown at the Biennale of Venezia in the 50s, people 
saw him as a follower of Modigliani, for example. So they actually they didn't feel the, his originality that he was actually very deeply rooted in uh, Eastern art, but uh, rather more uh, superficially, they saw only the surface. Actually, Modigliani, uh, along with, for example, Maurice Utrillo, was one of the painters who impressed him. <laughs> but only, but what, it was only, only one of the impulses and not the most important one. I, I I read somewhere, or I think I watched an interview with him actually, where he said that art uh, is always sacred, all art. So not only the one he makes, but in general. And if it misses that, it's not art for him. How how do you understand that? Mm-hmm. But uh, we have to underline that he was also a critic with uh, with some of. Um, Uh, artistic trends in the West uh, in the second half of the century and he considered uh, them as a secularization uh, of art and uh, deprivation of this uh, sacral element. But uh, in what you uh, has uh, cited, he uh, he considered um, uh, all art that has a true artistic value a sacral because uh, he didn't think that only uh, art uh, that has a religious theme uh, can be uh, sacred. Uh, All arts that has um, a certain kind of uh, level of uh, of death can be seen as sacral. In that uh, context, for example, landscape by Van Gogh or uh, some scenes uh, painted by Paul Gauguin could be uh, considered uh, as a kind of uh, icons too, because it is a certain kind of value that true art introduces in our world. A value that through which uh, manifests a kind of different uh, reality. And uh, through art we are elevated also to another dimension and not important if it is uh, religious art or or so-called secular art. It depends on the artistic value of uh, painting. No, Wasielski uh, was a very li- a religious man. He was part of the Orthodox Church. He was studying various religions. He was interested in everything that is metaphysical or like the metaphysical world. As you said, he made art to somehow connect to that which we cannot maybe describe. Uh, there are many mm, different periods in um, Wasielski's personal uh, development. After Second World War, he he was even in the state of uh, ontological, as he said, atheism. And um, in that period, as he declared, the art was uh, one of the gates through which uh, another dimension entered his uh, life. And only through art he was able to access this uh, invisible reality. After Second World War, after seeing all this cruelty, all these terrible things that uh, happened to humanity, he lost for uh, 10 years his faith. And art was the bridge between life and other reality. Later he returned to uh, 
religion and he uh, chooses Orthodox Church, not Greco-Catholic, not Catholic, but uh, Orthodox Church and he was very, uh, he practiced this religion uh, till the end of uh, his life. From the um, 50s he started to, actually maybe a little bit earlier, he started to develop his very interesting uh, idea, for example, of abstraction. And his idea differs a lot from the other uh, concept of abstraction, even if we consider metaphysical concepts of abstraction. As we know, there are plenty of them, for example, by Malevich, Kandinsky, uh, Mondrian. But Novosielski's one was a little bit different because he thought he had an intuition, an idea that abstraction could be a kind of icon, but icon of subtle beings, so icons of angels, actually. And he thought that through icons, angelic beings can manifest, manifest and contact with uh, human beings. And it was really original and exceptional on artistic scene. <laughs> and it also appeals many artists, even nowadays. <laughs> His uh, abstraction uh, did have realistic titles. Yes. Why was that? Did he want to give us a hint of uh, what he actually uh, means? Uh, was it a certain gesture towards uh, the audience? Actually, realistic titles uh, appeared in the 30s. Uh, we've got titles like Winter in Russia, for example, Fire, uh, Dockyard, uh, Pigeon's House, and he declared himself, and then uh, his interpreters also discovered it, that actually it was a hidden figuration. He uh, drew his inspiration from the real world, from example, from cityscapes, uh, from circles, but also from his childhood memories and from his imagination. And he juxtaposed, uh, because it was kind of um, geometrical abstraction, so he juxtaposed different uh, figures, especially in the first period. It were um, triangles, playful uh, compositions, but beyond them was a kind, as I said, uh, figurative uh, hidden meanings. And uh, also in this abstraction, he frequently alluded to a historical uh, event. For example, in the uh, painting uh, entitled Battle of Addis Abeba, he alluded to Abyssinian war provoked by Mussolini, and uh, he considered it uh, as uh, aggression toward uh, Eastern uh, Christianity. In the uh, paintings like Fire or, or Winter in uh, Russia, he uh, alluded to deportation of Ukrainian and Lankos uh, from Poland after the Second World, uh, World War. So, there was a hidden message for the viewer, but it's not very evident that there are so uh, so many uh, hidden content. Uh, there's hidden content in it. We can be uh, informed, but somewhat. For example, for me personally, it was almost impossible to discover these uh, traces. I simply read about it, uh, read what Krystyna uh, Czerny had uh, discovered or other Ukrainians and Polish uh, scholars said about it. 
There's sometimes also um, connection with kind of ornament, Ukrainian orna- ornament, or with child uh, place, uh, uh, games, etc. So the atmosphere of this uh, early and earlier uh, abstractions um, uh, uh, were very different and uh, very, very light uh, in, uh, in its... Uh, Aesthetic, but as I said, uh, sometimes in its uh, content they were, quite, they were quite serious. So the third subject that interested Novosielski next to religious icons and somehow spiritual abstract geometric compositions were nudes. And following the entire art history of female bodies being objectified and put as a subject of male desire, I was somehow, of course, not surprised that the nudes Novosielski portrayed were most often female. However, there was definitely something special about his portrayal of the human body that I was curious to hear more about. It seemed to me that the way he painted the bodies was very much uh, inspired by the iconographic canon. Yes, it's a, it's a good uh, recognition. Actually, uh, he body, the body he painted aren't uh, fleshly, aren't painted in a realistic way. They are more uh, geometrically treated. Uh, so uh, not sensual in a way. He drew also inspiration from other cultures, not only icon, but also from primitive art, Negro art, uh, ancient uh, Egyptian art. The portraying of nudes evaluated through he, throughout uh, his uh, art. After Second World War, um, he uh, depicted uh, women figures in a very... Um, in a way, obsessive, even obsessive scenes. And it was co- also connected with what he saw with uh, uh, photos of from the war uh, reproduced in newspaper. And it was kind of uh, travestation. Later, topics uh, are more intimate. He also, uh, he frequently portrayed women uh, in the interiors or in the cityscapes. Half nudes, uh, not, not, not fully uh, nudes, but half nudes. And um, sometimes, for example, in the 70s, uh, the, these nudes are black. And it's also uh, allusion to mystery, to special kind of eroticism uh, and to fascination of a uh, woman body and also to suffering uh, too. But his attitude toward, toward it wasn't, was a little bit uh, ambiguous, uh, I would say. So that is why his nudes are so specific, uh, so mysterious. I also noticed that uh, he uh, painted yeah, mainly female uh, bodies, as you said, but a few uh, male um, bodies and faces as well, but often uh, with covered eyes, so kind of looking like they would have like sunglasses. Uh, do you have yes. like some uh, sus- suspicion why he did that? <laughs> I think that it's a kind of a tricky way of uh, of creating mystery. Uh, simply, it, it was uh, he wasn't a realist. He he was also inspired by uh, surrealism, and uh, he very appreciated this surrealistic uh, atmosphere. Something. Uh, 
beyond uh, normal perception, something uh, having some kind of erotical podtexts and provoking some kind of uh, thoughts uh, in any way, not evident. He wasn't uh, interesting in um, depicting uh, nature as it is. (laughs) So this kind of uh, individual... uh, sensation about reality, its mystery, uh, was uh, what uh, interested uh, him a lot. Yeah, definitely in his portrayal of uh, the human bodies or the figures, I definitely feel some mystery (laughs) and some kind of stories he's trying uh, to to write. Uh, So it's not only like a body uh, painted, but uh, a person that is doing something in his painting. Uh, A woman looking outside the window, having her own reality kind of that he creates, which which I enjoy that he's kind of telling uh, his story uh, and giving these figures uh, their own reality somehow. It's very interesting when we uh, read uh, talks with him, there are plenty of them published uh, in Polish language, and then he explained a little bit of his attitude toward uh, woman, uh, man, nudity, uh, eroticism, and uh, sometimes it's quite provocative and very, very original, so I recommend uh, (laughs) to read it if it's possible. It's really exceptional, and it can't be comparable to... Uh, to our artistic statements. So I would like to now speak about the exhibition uh, you curated earlier this year in Imo Gallery in Stary Sądz, uh, dedicated uh, to the work of Nowosielski, but specifically how his work uh, can inspire and is inspiring uh, artists of uh, next generations. So can you first uh, briefly tell what was the idea of the exhibition and what people could uh, see there? Mm, exhibition was a focus on certain topics, mainly the sacred the abstraction and the icon. So not uh, every kind of uh, painting uh, uh, that um, Nowosielski created um, was Because taken he did into... a lot, right? He created yes. a lot of different things. And uh, different uh, themes. So I concentrated only on these two, icon and abstraction. And the uh, exhibition actually showed the connection between icon and abstraction. Uh, Nowosielski had uh, an idea of abstraction as an icon of subtle beings and he um, composed uh, his abstractions like icons with main uh, field, uh, central field and um, and frame. Uh, exhibition uh, showed that heritage of um, Nowosielski uh, art is still vivid. His art has a great uh, resonance among uh, comp- uh, contemporary Polish artists. And it was my aim to show something else, not only Nowosielski's art, but also the influence of, uh, of his art. And I think uh, the exhibition was successful because it differs from other uh, exhibitions um, organized in Poland in uh, this year. 
because we uh, we showed a wide context of uh, reception of uh, of his art and thought. What what exactly what aspect of his work is particularly inspiring to creative artists who make art today? How would you say which aspect mm -hmm. is the most interesting and being developed further? Mm -hmm. There are some, some of them. For example, color, his use of color, his sense of color and geometry. He has a perfect sense, musical sense of color. And he used color in a way that uh, Orthodox icon uses it, showing, uh, expressing and maintaining energetically, uh, energetical quality of color. It's spiritual value also. So I think this aspect attracts many uh, other artists. Another aspect is if an artist is interested in icon or in abstract. For example, uh, icon painters are interested that his attitude toward uh, canon of uh, icon isn't very strict, very rigid. He let some kind of individuality. In, in the icon, even if he respected the canon, it's a, a theological content, he let himself to, for example, change a color of uh, icons. He, for example, didn't use uh, gold. Uh, he instead used another, uh, another colors. So uh, he, mod I would say, modernized <laughs> Uh, canon of icon and it also uh, attract many uh, young um, people who decided to uh, to get the path of icon uh, as far as we uh, speak about uh, abstract painters uh, they are interesting in his idea of abstraction as an icon especially icon of subtle beings, of angels, and this kind of uh, spirituality, uh, which is uh, less um, hermetic, less esoterical than uh, another concept uh, of abstraction. Today we speak a lot uh, about sacral art, about influences of metaphysical things, about religious things. Uh, I'm not a religious person, uh, not mm -hmm. particularly uh, spiritual as well. Mm -hmm. um, I had a really interesting uh, talk with a friend of mine who is listening to this podcast. And she said that she misses uh, this uh, more spiritual aspect of uh -huh. art in, uh, in the guests I'm inviting. So... I'm happy to also have uh, this aspect uh, on my podcast as well, to think about art as a medium to reach yeah, this kind of more uh, spiritual mm -hmm. uh, aspect of our existence. But I'm wondering how um, can someone appreciate or have a conversation with the work of Novosielski mm -hmm. if they are not uh, religious or particularly spiritual? Mm -hmm. I see your point, and I thank you uh, for that question, because I think it's very um, important. Um, Novoselsky's art was uh, firstly created after Second World War. His personal, uh, his and his generation was damaged by the war, and uh, they uh, saw reality as a kind of uh, broken mirror. And uh, the art for him was a way to 
reintegrate reality. So he, uh, through art, um, had access to harmony, who, to kind of um, deeper order of reality, and it was important for his personal, uh, as I said, uh, integrity. And also the viewer, uh, contemporary viewer, can uh, see these uh, features in his uh, picture. Uh, his painting is simply very beautiful and very uh, harmonic. It has wonderful color, um, color emanation, so it gives us a kind of aesthetic satisfaction, not only spiritual, but because of uh, this aesthetic uh, aspect, we can feel uh, quite satisfied. His compositions uh, have um, very um, good feeling of rhythm of reality, also through using different kind of uh, geometrical figures. Uh, there is a feeling that this, uh, this is something musical, something, as I said, harmonious, something that touches this uh, not evident uh, order of uh, reality. Uh, and as, as you said, in his figurative painting, there is a very interesting story behind it. Also the kind of eroticism, of uh, mystery, uh, so it can intrigue us, uh, it uh, can provoke a kind of inquiet uh, quietness, but also a certain kind of inquiety. <laughs> so uh, it's not so evident. I think uh, atmosphere, climate of, of his paint, painting is um, something uh, exceptional and uh, through its artistic value it can touch also people who are not interested in higher values or in spirituality. It can be very, very aesthetically uh, attract, uh, attraction toward it. And what I take from this conversation and from the work of Novoselsky is that art can also be a medium for us to find an inner peace, escape reality somehow and get in touch with our inner self, finding stillness in this hectic and brutal world around us, both for the makers and those who look at art. And for those uh, of you who live in Poland or are perhaps traveling there anytime soon, at the moment there are two exhibitions uh, devoted to Novosielski. Uh, one in Zahenta in Warsaw, open till the 2nd of February, and the other one in the Royal Castle in Warsaw till the 3rd of March. The best place, of course, to see the icons of Novosielski is in the Church of the Holy Spirit in Tychy, a city in Silesia in southern Poland. And this was it for today. Thank you for reaching till the end of the episode. I hope you got something out of it for yourself. As you probably know, last year, together with Contemporary Links, who is a partner of this podcast episode, I published the Kitchen Conversations cookbook with favorite home dishes from my podcast guests. And 
and because it's Christmas and soon we have the new year, I'm selling uh, the cookbook 20% off uh, for the whole month of December. So if you're interested and would like to support this platform, please uh, write me. I can ship the book uh, anywhere in Europe. Uh, have a wonderful Christmas time and we hear each other in the new year.